when you're sitting literally two or three feet from Mark Henry and he starts talking about things that moved him emotionally, you can just feel this power that's coming from this guy. So out of all the people that you've had on the uh, Broken Skull sessions, what was the, the one thing that surprised you that you learned from one of your guests that you were like, really? You didn't know that? I just think Mark Henry, I've learned something new from every guest. Yeah. But when, when I went down to Austin, Texas, and I just did an audio podcast with Mark Henry, when you're sitting literally two or three feet from Mark Henry, and he starts talking about things that moved him emotionally, you can just feel this power that's coming from this guy. And he's such a great storyteller and he has so much knowledge because you know he didn't come up having it real easy. So I guess my, I, that was probably one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done, feeling the power, not the physical power, but the power of Mark's just knowledge of being a man and being a stand-up guy. And again, I had him on the Broken Skull session, so yeah. I was like, I was, I'd already talked to him, but sitting across from Mark Henry is quite an experience because he has so much, so much wisdom to offer. And he's been in a lot of tough places and he's accomplished so much in, in the world of professional wrestling and in the sport of powerlifting and weightlifting. He, uh, he and I are uh, scheduled to talk later this week and I'm going to mentioned to him what you said he's also a wonderful family man oh man he just he's articulate he's eloquent and he's just he, he's he's class act he's a class act he's a role model for anybody hello everyone welcome to sports Kita and welcome to the after chat and right now it's time for the main event did you ever that's think, my gimmick that's i know my did, line. You, I, did you ever think mark henry that you'd become synonymous with that line Nope, didn't think of it, but I tell you what, man, like it's always a hustle to get something going. And uh, I'm about getting over. I got over my whole career. Well, I, I got to tell you something. The the amount of cheers you hear even before you open your mouth up to say it, the anticipation of that is like Michael Buffer, you know, doing, and I don't you know, it's the, the, the Michael Buffer thing. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. So, there's, there's a reason we were going to talk about something today, but before we get to it, there's something else I want to talk to you about. Very recently, in the last few days, I had a discussion here on the After Chat with some guy named Stone Cold Steve Austin. You remember him? Yeah, that guy, he's kind of famous. Yeah, that's right, son. Bottom line. And I asked him, I said, out of all the podcasts he's interviewed people on and all the Broken Skull sessions he's done, with people, who was the one guy that made the biggest impression on him? And he thought for a minute, you know, he's had all these mega stars on. And he said to me, Mark Henry. And I said, wow. And he said, he's articulate. He has true feelings. He, you can just feel the emotion coming out of Mark Henry and what a genuine human being he is. What would you like to say in the uh, regard to that because i know he'll watch this man like i've always loved and respected steve and i got to know him pretty well and steve comes a lot from an environment like i did and when you come from a place of poverty and you make it 
you tend to really gravitate the people that have the same struggle as you. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate him because what he's seeing is, is looking in the mirror. We may not look alike. You know, we may not practice the same faith. We may not have the, uh, the same everyday grind, but at the end of the day, we both struggled in here in Texas, came out of poverty, out of bad situations. Uh, I told him about my family and uh, my upbringing. He went, wow, man, I can't believe that. Like, it's like we was running parallel lives. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, and he knows, Steve knows that I'm, I'm going to be honest. You know, it's a lot of people that they want to smoke and mirror and bullshit their way through life. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I've known people to love and respect me is for them to know my struggle and know where I came from. And I'm not shy about telling my story. Okay. Yeah, it's a very moving story. I know about it, a lot about your life. All right. So just for the next uh, short few minutes here, uh, because Steve Austin, and I knew this about you for years, you're intelligent. You have a mind that loves this business. I want to do a scouting report on you on some of the top guys in AEW. The strengths and weaknesses that you see in some of the top guys in AEW. And start off with uh, uh, the current interim champion, John Moxley. Strengths and weaknesses. I think John's uh, strength is his ability to make everybody feel like, hey, I'm a normal guy. I'm you, you're me. I'm going to go out and represent us. That's his number one strength, that people love him and he's endearing to the crowd because they feel a part of his life, a part of his struggle, a part of his being a man going in the ring and battling another man. Every guy wants that toughness, and John shares that with the, with the fans. Uh, weakness, I think that John is so giving of his body that his career will not be 25, 30 years because he'll have to step away because in the next 10 years, he, he'll be like, man, I, my body is, I gave my body to the business yes. and now I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with my family. Okay. Um, let's look at uh, one of the most unique people and he's a veteran, but he keeps coming back younger and younger. And he's now the head of sports entertainment for AEW, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's ultimate strength is uh, Chris does not have a weakness. Yeah. Uh, he's got two songs in the top 30 on the on the rock and roll chart. With Fozzie, yes. Right. He's one of the greatest wrestling storytellers and entertainers that we've ever seen. Uh, I think that Chris has moved into the top five all time. Yeah. I mean, one place out of the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Uh, Chris's weakness is the same as his strength. He's stretched out so thin. He's so he's so good at so many things. Like I hope Chris don't get burnt out one day and just say, you know what, I'm done. Like he burns the candle so hard at both ends that I, I I think that we're gonna lose him faster than we than we than we when we need to. Yeah, I hope not. He really wanted to spend more time with his family. 
you hear him talk about every interview about being home. And I remember a guy that did that. Mm -hmm. And and um, when your kids start crying when you leave and you start missing everything, then you tend to put everything else down. I hope that don't happen. But, you know, it's, it's just my opinion. Okay. Um, one guy now who I want to talk about who I would have loved to have seen you in the ring against, and that is Wardlow. He's absolutely... He's strong. He's got so much going for him. What about Wardlow? Strength, weaknesses, and how would Mark Henry have uh, done against him? I think Wardlow is a, a unbelievable competitor, and he's going to be even better. The Wardlow that we see right now, in, in a best of three, I think a Mark Henry might beat that guy. Okay. But in the next two years, Wardlow is going to be the most dominant force in pro wrestling since Brock Lesnar, since Goldberg, since The Rock, since Steve Austin. And then that guy is going to be the best of three will be uh, three to three to three to. I noticed that the fans now are starting to do the Goldberg chants at him. Wardlow, Wardlow. Yeah. So it's really picking up. Um, recently, uh, a, another big guy has, uh, changed his whole career. Uh, Christian has taken Luchadoras and, uh, uh, made him a, uh, a, a bad guy, as we say in professional wrestling. Uh, positive. You mean Luchasaurus? Yeah, Luchasaurus, yeah. I thought you said Luchador. Did I say Luchadoras? I meant Luchasaurus. <laughs> He, he, but you were right what you said about him. Uh, he's made him a bad guy. And my mom always told me, if you think you can lay with dogs and not get fleas, then you're wrong. Interesting. And I think that him being around Christian is just a simple thing of him being around a dirty, flea-infested dog. And, you know, like, he that's, that's the outcome. Uh, I, I hope in in, um, in all good, honest faith that eventually he sees the light and gets away from Christian because I like what I saw. But you can't deny the toughness that he's showing uh, while he's under this Christian influence. Okay. All right. Um, just a few more because I know you're... No, no, no. You you have taken enough of my time. Okay, well... I've got to go and feed I know, I know, I know. No, but, you don't know. Talk, talk to you us don't. about Busted Open before we go. Tell us about oh, it. The day was Dave McGregor's birthday. Oh. He got, a, he got three hours of my time this morning. My goodness, my goodness. But do you you love doing that show, don't you? I'm serious. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, it's a way to not only get things off your chest and show the world your level of understanding, uh, but it's a way to promote the business. I always wanted to shed a really bright light on what I loved the most, and that was pro wrestling. From, a, from the time I was eight years old, uh, I loved the business, and I didn't even know it as a business. I just knew that I loved professional wrestling. Who was the and, guy? Wait, wait. Who who was the, at eight years old? Who was the guy you had to see on TV all the time? 
Oh man, oh, Jose Lothario uh, here in Texas, man, he was a god, man. Uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, uh, then it elevated to Junkyard Dog, uh, Ted DiBiase, and um, I, I used to watch Mid South, so Ted DiBiase and 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 uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, and then WWF came into my world, um, and Hulk uh, Hogan's and Andres. Like Andre was my guy, though he was the good guy. He was the guy that you know uh, kind of proved the balance of the of the big man was was what it was. I always wanted to be the biggest, strongest guy, and Andre was like the biggest, strongest you, you guy. Notice you notice over there, Andre the Giant would build a midget. Oh my God! Yes, many many years. That was taken backstage in Houston, actually, one of Paul Bosch's shows. Yeah, that, that hey, was listen, my... Thank you so much for your time. We'd like to do this again when you have uh, a little bit more time. And thank you for for your insight on the uh, scouting reports here. And uh, yeah, it's great to see you again. Great what... You too, Bill. You keep doing your thing, man. Hey, uh, 51 years already, and I'm only 26 years old. You figure it out. Yeah, you got that shady math. That's it. That's it. For... Sports Kita and the After Chat. This is Bill After and Mark Henry, and we'll see you at the matches. Remember when Daniel Bryan was screwed out of the WWE Championship just moments after beating John Cena for the title at SummerSlam 2013? It's one of the more shocking moments in SummerSlam history, but it's not the only one. I'm Kevin, and today we look at the five most shocking moments in the history of WWE SummerSlam. Number five. Becky Lynch returns. Last year's SummerSlam was quite a special one. The man, Becky Lynch, was out of action since May of 2020, owing to the pregnancy of her first child, and the fans missed her throughout the pandemic era. Although there were rumors of her return, it wasn't expected to be as early as SummerSlam 2021. Becky made her shocking return to face SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair, who was supposed to defend the title against Sasha Banks. But Sasha's absence resulted in Lynch showing up instead. What happened next is considered to be one of the more controversial creative decisions by WWE in the past few years, as the man went on to defeat the dominant Bel Air in just 27 seconds, winning the SmackDown Women's Championship and kind of making it feel like the whole march that Bel Air had to WrestleMania, defeating Sasha Banks was just a little less magical. Both Becky and Bianca were drafted to Raw later that year and continued their battles over the Women's Championship, except this time for Raw Women's Championship. Finally, the EST of WWE defeated Big Time Backset WrestleMania 38 in an absolutely fantastic match and avenged her title loss at SummerSlam. The two are also slotted to have another match for the Raw Women's Championship at this year's SummerSlam. Number 4. SummerSlam 2011's Shocking Ending In 2011, CM Punk
Punk was one of the most popular wrestlers in the WWE. After he walked out of the company with the WWE Championship at Money in the Bank 2011, WWE had no choice but to crown a new interim champion, and that was Rey Mysterio. On the same episode of Money at Raw, he lost it to John Cena. To add to the events of that night, CM Punk returned as well, but with the WWE Championship, the real one that he took from Cena just a month and a half or so earlier. The only problem now was that there was two WWE champions. Who was the real champion? WWE booked a match, a title unification match between Cena and Punk for SummerSlam that year, with Triple H serving as the special guest referee. The two put on quite the show, Punk controversially winning the battle. However, Kevin Nash made his shocking return after the match and attacked the best in the world. It surprised everyone, as no one thought they would see Big Daddy Cool at the event. I mean, even Triple H was caught off guard by seeing his old friend. To make matters worse, Alberto Del Rio utilized his opportunity and cashed in the Money in the Bank contract on Punk to become the undisputed WWE Champion. Too much to process in one match? Yeah, there's a lot there. Number 3. Brock Lesnar Returns Becky Lynch's return at SummerSlam 2021 was not the only return we would get that night. Brock Lesnar had not been seen on WWE programming since he lost the WWE title to Drew McIntyre. His contract with the company reportedly had ended after that, but the Conqueror quietly signed another deal after the Tribal Chief had just defeated Jonathan Cena and the Beast Incarnate paid a visit to the WWE Universal Champion by making it clear that he wanted the title. But this time, Brock had a different look, a different attitude, and a happier-go-lucky cowboy Brock was embraced by the fans chasing the tribal chief. Roman and Brock faced each other on numerous occasions before this, but this time, the dynamic was quite different. As Roman was the unstoppable villain, Brock was the challenging monster babyface. Most importantly, Roman had Lesnar's advocate, Paul Heyman, at his side. They will face off again at this year's SummerSlam in a last man standing match, which is deemed to be the last one. Who are you rooting for? Number two, Seth Rollins gets the assist from Jon Stewart? In 2015, Seth frickin' Rollins was having the year of years in his career. As the WWE Champion, it all started at WrestleMania 31, cashing in the money in the bank, taking the title from Brock and Roman Reigns, the heist of the century. It continued with the architect facing the United States champion, John Cena, in a champion versus champion winner-take-all match at SummerSlam. Everything's on the line, and for some reason this entire show is hosted by Daily Show comedy treasure John Stewart. Yeah. This wasn't good news for Rollins, as he had ignited a feud with Stewart earlier in the year by showing up on his daily show and antagonizing him. But what happened at the event shocked everyone as Stewart rushed in with a steel chair, and instead of attacking Rollins, he went after Cena. This gave the WWE World Champion the opportunity he needed to hit one last pedigree on Cena and walk out of SummerSlam as the WWE World champion, as well as the new United States champion. Many fans complained how Stewart's involvement ruined an important match, and that didn't make much sense. John, John, this guy was making fun of you on your TV show. Consistency, John. Consistency. Is this John Stewart from the movie Half-Baked? Because it sounds like he's acting like that John Stewart. 
Stewart explained his actions by saying that he attacked Cena because he didn't want Big Match Johnny to tie the record of most world titles won by woo nature boy Ric Flair. But Cena did that anyway, tying the record at Royal Rumble 2017. Number 1. The Debut of the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns has been pretty much the top guy in WWE since early 2015. The hardcore fans barely cared about his elevation from The Shield, which they liked. If you remember, the big dog opted to go home when the pandemic got rolling in 2020 and missed WrestleMania 36. In the meantime, SmackDown's main event scene was dominated by two pretty big guys, Braun Strowman and his former cultic leader, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. They faced each other for the gold at SummerSlam 2020. As soon as The Fiend won the match, Roman Reigns hit the ring out of nowhere and started beating the hell out of him. He then turned his attention to Strowman and did the same thing. This new vicious side of Roman was sudden, excited, and much needed. In the following episode of SmackDown, Reigns revealed his alliance with the special counsel of Paul Heyman and went on to become the Universal Champion just a week later at the Payback event. Well, as you know, he also has held the title since. He then went on to form the bloodline with his cousins, the Usos, and won the WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar, holding both the world titles at once. 